Hello, welcome. This is Catherine O'Grady here of the Vanna Therapy Centre in Limerick. Today I will be presenting um, the Recovery uh, Road podcast, episode number one. This podcast will be dedicated to eating disorders. And here I will be speaking to you about what uh, an eating disorder might look like and what recovery, what to expect maybe with the recovery process. To me, in after years of working with eating disorders, what I believe a condition, as I will refer to it as, a condition presents itself usually in extremes. And by that, I mean that there will be extreme, extreme values on different aspects of the person's life. It will be quite extreme. There might be extreme value on thinness. There might be an extreme value on hardship within themselves. Uh, this may present as uh, a young child, for example, putting a lot of pressure on themselves going to school, putting a lot of pressure on themselves to be the best, putting a lot of pressure on themselves to fit in with friends. It's about the extreme measures that they go to. It's natural that we all want to fit in with our friends. It's natural we might want to do well at school, but this is different. This is about the extremeness of it. There might be also a huge value on fitting in at work. It's not all about young people. It may be about people in older people in the workplace trying to fit in at work and to be do the really best at work, which again is normal. But in this case, it'll be an extreme. It'll be about um, nothing will ever be good enough. And as we understand this extremes within ourselves, or we may see somebody young that has that those uh, type of dynamics, we begin to understand that conditions are all about being unworthy. They are about not being good enough. I'm flawed. I'm inadequate in some ways. And when a person feels that with inside of themselves, it may not be visible to the outside world. So sometimes the behaviors might be the extremes. This may These might be well in place before the actual behaviors with food would actually take place. So it's important to understand that the conditions are rooted in not being good enough, being flawed, inadequate in some ways. This huge feeling of unworthiness. Now, this is absolutely not the truth, but to the person suffering, this is how they see it. They are not good enough. They are not the same as everybody else. And sometimes within themselves, they begin to develop the thought processes, again in extreme, that they are not on the same level as everybody else. For example, they don't deserve to have the same fun. They don't deserve to have the same opportunities. They don't deserve to have the same chances as everybody else. They don't deserve to be as well-liked. They don't deserve to be loved. And then they may try to earn it or work at it to get it. Again, it's coming from, I'm not good enough. I'm flawed. I'm inadequate. So that's where a condition you would start off. This is happening long, long before 
the behaviors with the food manifest. This is the feeling internally. And sometimes parents are bewildered as to how a young child that is so well loved, so well thought of, so well minded and so cared for could have these notions with inside of their head. Where do they get these ideas from? And it's quite bewildering to parents and quite baffling because they have loved their child so much and now their child is feeling like this and they feel pretty disempowered and pretty helpless and they may not know what to do with it because it's contrary to everything they would believe about their own child, yet the child is fully believing this. And again, if we look at society as a whole and the conditioning that surrounds that, the messages that we are bombarded with from the television, from the radio, from billboards, from magazines, all of from social media, we, the, the pressure that people are under now, young kids are under when they buy into this or when they don't even have to buy into it, they can just perhaps be subject to it by the very fact that we live in this world. And we see these images all the time of beautiful people, beautiful houses, perfectionism, body beautiful, you have to look better, you have to... You have to be better. You have to look better. You have to look a certain way in order to fit in. And that's the pressure sometimes that young kids are under. And maybe the parents do or do not realize it or they don't take so much notice, thinking a child may, you know, may not be subject to that. But indeed, some of them are. There's a lot of pressure on them today. Now, I'm speaking there about young kids, but eating disorders is not primarily just about younger children or young people. Anybody can get an eating disorder, any sex, any age can develop an eating disorder. So even though I am addressing this at the moment as to how it may start off in the very young people, it's also very much, it can be middle-aged and even older people can have eating disorders as well. It's just a myth that it's only all young people that get it. It's also a myth that it's teenage girls boys can be just uh, develop it just as easily. So that's where I would believe that a condition would come from, the seeds of unworthiness. And then they develop with shame, secrecy, and silence. Nobody's coming forward with this. The world goes on around the behaviors with food and body image and that go on in secret. People are filled with shame which is extremely debilitating. And that is why sometimes it's very difficult for a person with a condition to come forward for help because they are so entrenched in shame. It's very difficult. They're ashamed of who they are. They're ashamed of the behaviors. They're ashamed of how they think. They're ashamed to meet people. They have no self-esteem generally. And they have usually don't have much of a strong self sense of who they are themselves. So shame is very debilitating. Silence. We often see that people with conditions are considered to be very poor communicators. They don't come forward with how they feel, how they see things, how they have an opinion. They find it nearly impossible to make a decision. Again, all part and parcel of the condition 
And again, I'm, 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 the reason why I'm, I'm speaking about this and not focusing on the food for the first podcast is that most people, when they think of eating disorders, they immediately go to the food and the behaviors around food and who's eating what, who didn't eat this and who didn't eat the other. But the heart of the condition, the essence of the condition, is steeped and rooted in this unworthiness, not being good enough. And then we add to that a highly critical mind. The person becomes extremely critical of themselves, quite cruel. Almost like keeping themselves like in a their own personal prison. They become almost like their own jailers. They won't allow themselves to do this. They can't allow themselves to do that. And these schemas, as they're known as, they become quite rigid, quite rigid. And people outside of the may not understand what's going on with the person. These schemas are quite rigid and very, very strong, very harsh punishing regimes as well. So this is how a condition would develop. Inevitably, anxiety will creep into the picture because it's very hard for a person to maintain or maintain themselves or work or operate at that level for a, a period of long time. And so they become highly anxious individuals, highly anxious and getting high anxiety. And they may become very depressed, slow mood. Because if you think of it, if you are self-hating, self-loathing, filled with self-disgust and shame all day, you're not going to be a happy camper. So these are the, this is the essence of what a condition, how it starts, how it begins, how it's maintained. The food or the not eating of the food or the overexercise or the laxative abuse is symptomatic of this way of thinking. This is what occurs when a person feels about themselves this way. When a person looks at the outside world from that type of lens, the behaviors, it's easy then to focus on the body. It's easy then to focus on imagery. It's easy then to focus on the idea, the concept that if I get into a better shape or if I look better, things will be better. And that's indeed, again, going back to the media, that's the message that's fed to us by the media. Look better, get a better life. It's all about getting a better life. So this is how a condition will manifest. It it will be how it begins to present itself. And again, before I finish up with this podcast, I am starting off with the seeds of unworthiness. But I would also say that there is always hope, always hope. Recovery must always, always include more than anything, I think, to teach people how to treat themselves with self-dignity and respect as they go through life, to have a regard for themselves, to have a self-respect, to get to know themselves a little bit better and to get to understand that a coping mechanism or however you want to language it, such as an eating disorder, is highly, highly destructive. It, it, there is no halfway measures. You can't live with a bit of it. It has to go because it's extremely destructive. And the opposite of that is to learn to treat yourself with dignity and respect. I hope that this podcast was helpful to you. And again, if you would like to learn any more, you can 
about this topic, you can look me up on my um, website page, www.nirvanatherapycenter.com, or you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening.